0: Keep the music flowing. We'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker live stream from our website at
1: WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Super Mouse. That mighty Mouse. mouse. No, that's mighty mouse, isn't it?
0: Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, thanks as always for uh, making your way here, checking the series out. You know what to do. If you like what you hear, what you see, uh, hit that subscribe button. We put out three new interviews every single week, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists, discover some new ones, know what's happening in the music world. Of course, you can do so at uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or again, anywhere you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Today on the show, talking with the Lovin' Spoonfuls, John Sebastian. John Sebastian. He's got a brand new album called John Sebastian and Arlen Roth Explore the Spoonful Songbook. It's a collaborative LP that finds the two musicians reimagining the band's classic catalog through instrumentals and new versions that feature guests taking the vocals. And the Welcome Back Cotter theme song singer uh, takes us into the pair's partnership. He compares these new versions to their 60s originals, tells us about finding jug band music in his youth and marrying it to the rock and pop music that would result in those legendary tracks. Now, John's also going to take us through the sparse arrangements of songs like Daydream and Do You Believe in Magic. He tells us why they weren't able to come up with a new arrangement for Summer in the City and gets into the inspiration behind Didn't Have to Do It and his solo cut Stories We Could Tell. We also get to hear about writing children's television music in the 80s. Now, as a child of the 80s, it was a pretty awesome uh, finding when I come across the fact that he had written Care Bears Countdown and a lot of the music for the Care Bears and and beyond that, uh, more than just uh, Care Bears. So he's going to get into that as well and tells us that he and Arlen may be doing a sequel to this record as well. So let's do this. Talking about John Sebastian and Arlen Roth, explore the Spoonful Songbook. It's Kyle Meredith with John Sebastian. How do you do, Kyle? Thank you for doing this. Uh, thank you for being on here. We get to talk about a new release. And I got to say, this is the first new release in quite a while too. Uh, explore the songbook of The Love and Spoonful. It's, uh, it's you and uh, Arlen Roth. That's right. And uh, yeah, first off, just a compliment, um, the two of you all together doing these songs, it's so much fun to listen to.
1: I'm delighted to hear folks say that. And I'm I'm getting that reaction fairly frequently. That's
0: well, got to be what you want to hear. So, so, Arlen, tell me a little bit about him and your relationship and how this project came to be.
1: Well, uh, Arlen and I go back quite a ways because we have ended up on stages playing together, mostly at benefits, not at pre-arranged type concerts. Uh, and then also, he and I shared, for many years, a mutual interest in groveling around the old music stores in Lower Manhattan. <laughs> and I think we were one of the six people that still knew about these places. And uh, so, you know, and we were on the lookout for odd things, you know, like Fender six string basses and stuff like that. So. Uh, that was a kind of a point of, of uh, friendship for us. But over the years, we have ended up on these various stages where we kind of had to uh, react to the moment and uh, be uh, a, a unit. And uh, so, let's see, I guess it goes back a couple of years now that Catherine and I were listening to one of Arlen's records uh, that he had done uh one of these instrumental projects uh, i think it might have been instrumental music of the rolling stones or uh the uh, uh uh simon and garfunkel he did one of those and these were all uh, catherine and i were like having dinner and playing them and going gee this is really nice it's uh it's kind of a unique take well so then the next time i saw arlen i Told him exactly what we had, had said, and he said, "You mean you haven't done 11 spoon for one of these?" And I go, uh, "No," uh, and 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 he leans in and he goes, "We'd have half of the arrangements licked." That was what that was what the that was kind of uh, the real uh, the go move. So, so Arlen and I, as I say, we, we did sit around and play guitars a lot. So it wasn't that different to go into the studio and play guitars a lot. Uh, we uh, fairly soon um, enlisted Ira Coleman and Eric Parker as our rest of our rhythm section And uh, so we had already finished 14 tunes when all of a sudden we couldn't be in the same room together anymore. So we both uh, split to our individual, each of us have an an engineer of preference right down the road that is very helpful, very often uh, so. So that was, uh, that was pretty much, that was pretty much, uh, how it went. Uh, we had to go back to our, you know, our respective corners, but then we found that that is the way we'd been working for like eight, 10 years already, where people would send us stuff and go here, put a auto harp on this, put a harmonic or a, hot telecaster so uh, we we had the background to be able to go okay well let's just look at our record the same way all right so we don't want to get all uh 1970 los angeles about this you know we really gotta keep it uh contained because that's our strong suit and uh so between that and and uh, being able to recruit uh, both Muldors uh, individually, Maria Muldor sang a tune with me, and Jeff Muldor tenored me on a couple of other things that I'd always wanted to do, and uh, and then the amazing Austrian twins, the Mona Lisa twins, who uh, had been working. Uh, I'd been working for them uh, for a, a couple of uh, albums of theirs and saying, look, don't pay me because I'm going to recruit you for something. I just don't know what. <laughs> and as soon as the uh, the album with Arlen and I started, I went, ah, that perfect. So originally we really had thought that this would be a singularly instrumental album, but as time went on, we began to say, gee, uh, this one tune could really stand a vocal. Gee, wouldn't it be fun if we had the twins sing this tune? You know, so, and that began to happen here and there, so that, I don't know, we may be at 50-50 by now.
0: It is is fun kind of hearing uh, both ways as as you cruise through here. It seems like a lot of you know the biggest hits were able to stay with the uh, the instrumental versions, and you know some of the others that you might. I, might, I didn't expect it right away. You know had uh, really fun treatments with your guests, but but also you know you mentioned it not being a um, a 1970s LA production, which very funny. Uh, it made me sort of think about that too, because the way we talk about 70s productions, the way we talk about 80s productions, especially. It really doesn't ever hit the 60s like that, you know, and you're when these songs originally came out, most of them. Um, and then, you know, hearing sort of these minimal versions of them uh, as you're doing this. It, I, I wonder, like, do some of these feel like maybe the demos would have felt to you?
1: Well, demos for The Love and Spoonful were pretty much the record. <laughs> We, we'd be lucky if we got a second chance. You know, that's all. That's all coming. Uh, you know, uh, Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, that that that's another era. So yeah, we would sometimes just, uh, hey, this is good. Let's uh, so add an auto harp and put it out. So that that was uh, that was our tactic.
0: Well, it goes a long way to say, as I as I was mentioning, like um. We had so many more tricks. I mean, so many more tricks became available as the decades went on. But um, yeah, but those recordings still sound perfect and pure in a way, and I don't know why. I wasn't there. You were there. You could speak to it more than me. But uh, the production just still stands
1: on it, its own. It, look, it there specifically when we're talking about the spoonful, we are talking about the skills of Eric Jacobson, because uh, Eric and I had already sort of begun a friendship even before the spoonful uh, it was even before I had begun to really hang out with zalman uh, and, and uh, our conversations were very powerful in the uh, in the way that they affected uh, what would be the love and spoonful
0: well and, and then to kind of go back and, and hear the way again what you're doing on these, this set right here,
1: yeah,
0: and 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 doing a little comparing. And of course, I'm not saying anything new with this, but the way you all just blended so many styles, you know that that you were doing at the time, was that something that you was that natural or or did you kind of notice that that was happening that you guys were doing some blending that not a lot of other bands were doing at the time?
1: Well, remember that we were learning guitar a few years after a lot of very famous guitarists. Mm -hmm. So we had a lot of people to to draw on as we were trying to figure, you know, uh, some of this this stuff we were hearing mostly on record. Well, one
0: of those, like, um, of course, we talk about jug band music. I'm in Louisville. So we're I'm in one of the homes oh, uh, of Jug Band, you know.
1: You, uh, that's right, man. That's right. I I I wanted that T-shirt, the one that says Louisville, Louisville. Then
0: right, Louisville. <laughs> Louisville, Louisville, Louisville. <laughs> yeah, I I was I was talking to someone, of course, in the UK uh, earlier today, and it says, "Where are you from?" And I said, "Louisville," and he kind of looked at me and said, "Louisville." I was like, "Ah, there it is." Yeah, you have to I have to remember to do that download the free anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started so what are you waiting for podcast stardom is within your reach with us in memphis you know as two of the um the main starting points uh, the main popular starting points of jug band music and and what came from there you know we're we're well versed in around here yeah. but what drew you to it what what was it that spoke to you at the time as a young man to to kind of point you in that in that direction
1: Well, of course, I wasn't hearing it firsthand. I was hearing it on record, and I was hearing, um, uh, there were a few very important vinyl 33 and a third records at that time. Uh, One of them was the Harry Smith catalog, and another one was instrumental music of the Southern Appalachians which luckily didn't follow that that uh, title very closely there was lots of stuff that that wasn't even anywhere close to the appalachians but but what it gave us was exposure to this kind of composite it it was blues you could hear that it was blues men and women but you could also hear that there was this sort of another aspect and to me i guess it was leftovers from vaudeville and 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 uh stuff like that where there's a either a touch of humor in a sad song or a touch of sadness in a song that's sort of superficially jolly and you start you know what were those lyrics again and you go, hey wait a minute he's mad <laughs> and you don't get that right away so i think that was kind of central uh to to the the uh the fascination
0: yeah, you get that like um, four eyes, you know, on this set. Like, I hear that because that's one of those moments. Like, is this a dark song or a funny song? And I'm not quite sure. I'm enjoying <laughs> yeah, it either yeah, way. Yeah, the, the, those type of. I should also point out, by the way, uh, Louisville, the home to uh, NRBQ at the beginning and uh, your relationship right. there. I, no, yeah, I,
1: I know that, and uh, that that that's that's why I have this attitude to Louisville.
0: <laughs> so, so you do. So we get into this set again, and. And it doesn't sound like, you know, that there was hard rules put in play. But but when you do look at some of the songs that ended up uh, still as instrumental only uh, daydream, you know, is instrumental younger girl, uh, do you believe in magic? You know, you guys went with the instrument there. Were there any songs, though, that were sort of untouchable to you all? What did did you find that that was ever the. Uh,
1: the, Yeah, yeah, uh, actually, we gave a good college try to summer in the city. And, uh, you know, it's it's so funny. I mean, I, I consider all of us to have improved musically. You know, I mean, uh, uh, I didn't have original members, but I had some really good players. And, you know, so we cut it and we go, what is it? And we decided it's just the, the, the untouchable thing uh, that hit records have, which is, that you can't say, oh, well, I hear he just turned up the auto harp, so let's do that. And no, it doesn't make it the same. Well, so, uh, so, yeah, Summer in the City really was that way. Um, and and uh, there may have been one or two others, but... Uh, summer in the city was the real noticeable one uh that yeah boy can't we get that and i mean every every end ending arland would do a more spectacular uh like you know the guy can just he says give me that mountain echo that mountaintop echo you know that's the one where he's whoa, 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 whoa. and he'd start this solo and be so great and we'd go god that's the best and then Somehow, it still didn't hold up to the uh, to the originals. Now, you know, I, I I can't say that we were trying to top a, any of the originals. We were trying to play them, and 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 do it with a with a, a little bit of a sense of fun, and and uh, and also this aspect which we were really enjoying of how how nothing it was. It's like here. You sit here, I sit here, we look at each other so we can tell where we are and make a record done. And you know, that was that, uh, part of the real fun of it was the way it was emerging.
0: By the way, Summer in the City, you're right. As you look at it, you kind of expect to see a lot of the singles on there, and, and that one is noticeable. Uh, it's been like 25 years, but I sang that in high school choir. And if you can imagine a bunch of 16 17 year olds in cummerbunds and bow ties singing summer in the city and probably not the most flattering version but uh just seared in my mind because of that uh, in a positive way i love it
1: (laughs) oh that sounds funny
0: that's um you know hearing just the way your songs can end up out of your hands into other people's hands exactly yeah yeah yeah, there's uh, another one on here. Uh, didn't want to have to do it. I think that's one of my favorite moments on the record. You've got Lexi Roth doing the vocals Mine on here. Too. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just gonna go broad here. Tell me about that song. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, conception and also where it is with uh, this version as well.
1: All right. So, really, one of my first significant relationships was with an older friend, woman who had a daughter. And uh, uh, our friendship and relationship began very casually and everybody was sort of saying, yeah, you know, this is just, we're just having fun. Uh, But uh, when it became obvious that it was uh, over or that something else was starting, I, I, I really don't remember the specifics, but I think it was, Probably for me, that was the first real uh, heartache uh, that that I was experiencing as a young guy. You know, other than the sort of the amor foo at fourteen that uh, you know we all somehow have in our past.
0: So you um you don't go for your own vocals on this one, as I mentioned. You 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 got uh, Lexi doing it. Uh, how did that one? How did that hey, one come about? All right,
1: that had happened. Remember, our original premise, we're making an instrumental Love and Spoonful album. So we start doing that. And then sooner or later, uh, I think Love and You might have been the first one where, like Ireland said, ah, come on, just, just put a vocal on this. Okay, we put the vocal on, hey, not bad. All right. So we continue with our instrumental approach and didn't want to have to do it was one of the tunes we did. And I thought because it has that repetitive, didn't want to have to, didn't want to have to, that I would do that with harmonicas and overdub a series of echoes and, and answers. So, and I used a couple of different harmonicas and, and it was quite elaborate at which point Arlen calls me and says, you know, Lexi's out in California. I sent her the <clears throat> some of our stuff and, and she came back and said, I want to sing, didn't want to have to do it. Uh, you know, don't let this get by me. So I thought, geez, you know, a woman's a professional singer, uh, you know, with a dad like this, she can't be a musical. So I, I took a shot and of course she gave this terrific performance. I love her version of didn't want to have to do it. And yes, I mean, if I had to pick a first single, I think I'd probably go with Lexi.
0: That's the one there is, I think maybe just one, but there's at least one song that does break the rules of the record. When you talk about exploring the songbook of, uh, of the love and spoonful, and that's when you get the stories we could tell that's right. which comes actually from your solo catalog. Uh, w- why, why break the rules for that one? Which, by the way, all-time classic, obviously.
1: I was just having fun. I think part of it was that, uh, no, you know, I, once Maria was in town, that really, that really kind of centered the idea that we would do it that way. But uh, I think it might have just been that both of us enjoyed playing that tune.
0: Is that one of those songs, have you ever noticed, and I don't know if any of your songs do this, but of course, as you get older, you know, decades, years pass or something, songs might change for certain artists. It seems like that might be one of those songs that, uh, you know, could, uh, I, I don't know, just have one of those different emotions that kind of carries along as, as, as time passes.
1: Yes, I, I think it does. I think it does, uh, you know, uh, write the song, add 40 years uh quite you know, uh, described.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's the math right there. Easy enough. <laughs> Easy enough. Much, yeah. All right, so there's a song on that's not on here um, that I wasn't even aware that you had any part in until I was doing the research for this, but I've got to ask we're, we're actually going to pull into the 80s. Uh, I was a child of the 80s and that that song is the Care Bear Countdown.
1: Oh, right. Oh, right. <laughs> that is that you that's you, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Hey Kyle. Uh, I Just because I am sitting with a, a small pile of wildly unpopular uh, CDs, one of the things is a thing called short songs for shorter people. And what it is, is that 80s era cartoon stuff from the can, the, the Canadian nuts at Nelvana of Canada. And uh, that... That whole era was so much fun, and I realized years later that, boy, there's all of these songs, and none of them are long enough to be an actual, you know, three and a half minute single or something. Uh, We used to go with two and a half, but, you know. (laughs) Mm, Right. Since MacArthur Park, we're pretty much safer. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: well, that's uh, obviously you know for for a lot of us that uh, that did grow up during that time that ended up being a very just one of those songs, you know, and that's that's so interesting. And and what an you know that had to be an interesting part of your career too. But um, like, I'm going to ask you this in the same way that I would ask you, like, do you believe in magic? One of those classics, like, do you remember writing that one? And 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 did did you have to approach it in the same way that you would have written a regular you know rock song?
1: Uh, the, the like the Care Bears material,
0: yeah, yeah, specifically,
1: yeah. Um, I, I can't say that I was approaching it, uh, uh differently. I, I was very conscious of not writing down, uh, even though this was kid stuff, you know, this is cartoons, but I was very conscious of, you know, how would you tell a six-year-old about something like, well, you you shouldn't really uh, eat anything that smells good because they put perfume in stuff that isn't for eating. And uh, I wrote a song about that. Uh, oh, I'll have to, I have to send you this now because uh, you may even see another song or two from some of these other half-hour cartoons because that's what they were doing was making... Cartoons for American television, specifically for uh, for uh, holidays, because that's what the research had taught them is when American kids sit down on the couch and watch cartoons.
0: Right. I would. Well, I'll make you a deal. Uh, you send me that CD, and I'll send you a, a Louisville, Louisville shirt.
1: Now and, uh, we're talking. We'll do- <laughs> now we're talking. I'm, I'm <laughs> taking down an address. I'm not screwing around. <laughs>
0: We'll, we'll do that here in just a few moments okay uh I, I will wrap up on this right here just by you know so so you know a new album does come a little bit less frequent these days but are you working on anything uh, outside of this now that this is in the
1: past i mean or 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 what's your plans for the year at this point well i wouldn't be surprised if arlen and i just started fooling around some more uh, because this has been well-received. I, I, it's better than I ever expected. I thought that, you know, there's going to be the, the, the old furry uh, c- critics going, oh, well, listen, you know, the man can't sing the same way. And of course, he's, you know, doesn't have Yanofsky. And, uh, you know, there could be any number of ways that you could attack the project. But for me, part of the joy was the way that, uh, that Arlen, had uh, already taken in uh, Zalman Yanovsky. And and, and uh, uh, apropos of your earlier question, that was the center for him of this coexistence of blues and country that, that uh, you know, Zali's little bends and so on where he's sort of imitating a pedal steel and then Zali's hammer-ons where where essentially he's uh, 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 uh imitating floyd kramer it's it's a floyd kramer move uh that that he had a special fascination with and so yeah th- those were all those were all factors
0: yeah well i i, I hope you all do more of this because like uh, I, I add me to that pile i'm so enjoying this uh, musical relationship that you all have going on that's
1: terrific that's yeah. terrific and, and Eric Coleman and Eric Parker and uh, the twins and 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 the Muldors, you know, they all made this happen. So yeah, I, yeah. I may, I may go, go to them again.
0: Keep it coming. Well, congratulations on this one. Uh, it really is such a fun listen.
1: Thank you so much, Kyle.
0: Yeah, John, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about it too. This has been a whole lot of fun.
1: I've enjoyed it too. Till next time.
0: And my thanks to John Sebastian. Again, the new album is called John Sebastian and Arlen Roth Explore the Spoonful Songbook. Big thanks to you as well for checking out the episode. Before you get out of here, I do hope you hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with uh, all the interviews that we put out every single week. New ones every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. At to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. After that, head over to WFPK.org. Right to a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. An hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews. That's Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. <laughs> consequence has your music and film news you can also find me on the social media spots uh twitter mostly twitter uh, but also instagram and facebook all three of them at kyle meredith i do hope you like and follow along that does it for another edition i'm kyle meredith i'll see you next time consequence podcast network
1: and boy, when you get your 70-plusers, now you got a problem. Now, like, okay, we can talk about the 60s all you want, but don't ask me to Zoom anywhere. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org,
0: from Louisville Public Media. Hey there, it's Kyle Meredith from Kyle Meredith with...